Oh no. was all about validation i don't have to do a thing from this moment forward i have to do nothing for the rest of the regular season i can mail it in starting today october 10th because i've already won did you see what happened this weekend i've never felt that kind of bliss because my sports takes were coming to fruition since the jeff janice Two touchdown playoff game. I've never felt that feeling. Even Jarek McKinnon breaking off a 50-yard run did not inspire me the way Jeff Janis catching two Hail Marys in a single game inspired me. I've never felt a feeling like that, but the warm, tingling sensation that spread across my body Sunday and Monday night was reminiscent of the greatest football night of my life. And that's the amazing thing, right? I mean, I've been a Patriots fan since I was a little boy wearing Tony Eason jerseys to go play football in the neighborhood, watching Patriots games with my grandfather and my father on Sundays. Been a Patriots fan since I was born, but the feeling that overcame me and overwhelmed me the day Jeff Janis scored those two Hail Mary touchdowns exceeded any feeling I've ever had watching the Patriots. That's the power of sports take accuracy. It feels so good. It just feels so good. Aaron Jones, 90% opportunity share. After we insisted he was the back to own, not Jamal Williams. Get Aaron Jones at all costs. Remember, you think you've bid enough on Aaron Jones? You haven't bid more. You couldn't have bid enough on Aaron Jones, as it turns out. Aaron Jones is the real deal. He's not going away. Why? Because Aaron Jones is simply a great football player. How do we know? He was dominant in all phases. 4,000 plus rushing yards. 70 plus receptions. A 20 touchdown season and a 47% dominator rating season to close out his college career. That was 97th percentile. Jones' production combined with his exceptional burst and agility puts him in rare company because he exemplifies the player we're looking for, who's able to translate his athletic metrics onto the field of play. He looks like a combination of LaShawn McCoy and Duke Johnson. But what happened? He was ignored on draft day because... He went to Texas El Paso. The Packers could have drafted him, and instead they drafted Jamal Williams. They just happened to have another pick later in the fifth round, and then they took Aaron Jones as a luxury pick. It's a hell of a luxury pick, Packers. Lucked into a great running back, just like they lucked into a great running back in Ty Montgomery. And like Ty Montgomery, the Packers decided to deploy Aaron Jones as the full-blown bell cow 90% opportunity share. That's Le'Veon Bell level usage. The problem is Ty Montgomery's broken ribs are going to take more time to heal. 
Based on injury probability models, we can expect Ty Montgomery to be questionable and then doubtful once again this week. Then the Packers play New Orleans in week seven before their bye in week eight. What do you think the Packers are going to do with Ty Montgomery? Are they going to play him the week before the bye? You think? Why would they do that? Same reason the Bengals did not play Tyler Eifert this week. Why? Heading into a bye, get that extra week of rest. That means Aaron Jones could get two more starts, one against the Saints. And Ty Montgomery has a track record of being able to shoulder an immense workload and not break down. Ty Montgomery does not have that experience. He's never had a full season of primary back touches. What if Aaron Jones posts 20 fantasy points next week and then 25 fantasy points the week after against New Orleans? What happens then? How many coaches would bench Aaron Jones in that situation? (laughs) Not many, right? Actually, the number's zero. I don't think Aaron Jones is getting benched. I think we're looking at a timeshare when Ty Montgomery returns. And that's not great for your fantasy team, but it's great for my sports. Take it, dude! Because we were touting Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones all offseason. Yeah, it's all about me being right, man. That's what it's all about. Jarek McKinnon had a 50-yard touchdown. And he dominated Latavius Murray in opportunity share, in production, in fantasy points, everything. Why? Because the Vikings know Jarek McKinnon is a better player than Latavius Murray. But, but, but wait a second. I thought Latavius Murray was also a good athlete. Isn't he sparky? I thought Latavius Murray was sparky too. What happened to Latavius Murray? Why don't you like him? You're awful fickle with your athletes. No, I'm not. I never liked Kristen Michael because he underwhelmed on the football field. He wasn't able to translate his athleticism into on-field efficiency. Thus far, neither has Latavius Murray. He wasn't a dominant producer at Central Florida when given the opportunity, and he wasn't a dominant producer with the Raiders running behind a quality run-blocking unit as a primary cog in a productive and efficient offense. If you can't produce in those circumstances, get out of here, Latavius Murray. If you can't produce standing next to Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, get out of here, Kristen Michael. Jarek McKinnon's never had those opportunities. He didn't play running back in college. And the only time he was named the starter at the NFL level, it happened to be on a team that experienced the most catastrophic offensive line injuries of any team that season in 2016. Jarek McKinnon deserved the benefit of the doubt. Latavius Murray did not. That's the difference. It's very clear. I don't know why this is hard to figure out. As new information comes in, you change. Yeah, as new information comes in, you update your assumptions and you modify your projections for that player's future performance. It's called a Bayesian process. Anyone that was following a Bayesian process could quite easily dismiss Latavius Murray. Not so with Jarek McKinnon. And we were right! And it's okay to celebrate, man! It's okay to celebrate! What are our goals on this show? Inform or entertain or both. That's it. These celebrations are entertaining. The analysis of the metrics is informative. There's no reason to feel compelled to balance the celebrations and the told you so's and the dance parties with admissions of guilt, wallowing in wrongness. That's not good radio. That helps no one. So it's not informative and it's not entertaining. But yet so many in this audience want me to sit here after the greatest weekend of my life as a fantasy football analyst and wallow in the sports opinions that did not come to fruition. That's what they want. Schadenfreude soaked sadists. 
in this audience. They're only satisfied when they observe others being sufficiently miserable. Those people are the worst, and yet they are legion. I want to sit here and talk about Marlon Mack because we have more videos breaking down Marlon Mack, touting Marlon Mack on the Roto Underworld YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in Roto Underworld Radio. More Marlon Mack clips than any other player. Marlon Mack outscored Frank Gore last week, and it looks like the team is ready to split the running backs evenly between Marlon Mack and Frank Gore. And if given opportunities, a player with Marlon Mack's explosiveness can absolutely bring up fantasy points. This is exciting. It's okay to get excited. A player we've been monitoring for over a year, Roger Lewis. Every time he steps foot on the football field, he makes splash plays. Thus far, he's been a more efficient player in the NFL than Sterling Shepard. We've been waiting for Roger Lewis to get an opportunity, and sadly, because of injuries to Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard himself, Roger Lewis will be the number one wide receiver this week. And I know it's against the Denver Broncos, but it's exciting. He's going to see 10 targets. He may not be efficient with Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris out there, but he will get volume. And if he can somehow convert those targets into receptions, yards, and possibly touchdowns, Roger Lewis will be set up to be the number one wide receiver even when Sterling Shepard returns because it's not like Sterling Shepard has played particularly well. One good game on the Sterling Shepard game log thus far this season. Just not an impressive player. Yet every time Roger Lewis is targeted in the Giants passing game, you sit up in your chair. You're impressed with the splash plays. Against perhaps the worst secondary in the league, yes, Sterling Shepard posted 10 receptions for 133 yards. That happened. I understand that. Other than that, Sterling Shepard has posted 12, 5, 10, and 2 fantasy points, getting at a minimum an 83% snap share. That's not good enough. We continue to collect more information about Sterling Shepard. And he continues to underwhelm. Following the Bayesian process, you have to throttle your expectations of Sterling Shepard moving forward, even when healthy. Because the temptation is, oh, stash Sterling Shepard because he'll be the number one receiver when he returns. Ah, Not so fast! The same thought process led many to stash Jamal Williams, and it was a wasted roster spot! This weekend was so great because not only did the players we touted hit and hit in impossibly spectacular fashion, the players we've dismissed, the players we've criticized, also underwhelmed. The best of both worlds. Oh, still shaking. This weekend was so much fun, in part because of the patron community. Go to patreon.com, search Podfather, and join the patron community. This is where the people that genuinely love this show go to congregate and communicate. Those are the people I listen to. If a patron wants me to focus on a particular topic on this show, you better believe I listen. And the positive sentiments beamed at me from the patron community more than offset the perpetual negativity I receive on social media. It's like two separate worlds. And last week, because there was so much turnover at the running back position, lots of injuries, Dalvin Cook, Ty Montgomery, Paul Perkins, I posted my waiver wire priorities and my recommended fab bid percentage for each player. And of course, number one on that list, stack rank very top, Baron Jones! Yeah! It's time! Let's do it! Let's have a dance party! Aaron Jones.
It's all about Melvin Max. Derek McKinnon, you are my destiny. I'm so sick of this fantasy mansion. I'm so sick of you just celebrating with your friends all the times you were right. What about all those times you were wrong? You never talk about those times. You can also learn from your mistakes. Well, that's true, yes. And in the last show, I talked about how I was wrong about Cooper Cup. Yeah, if you think I never talk about all my wrong opinions, then A, you're not listening carefully, and B, you're focused on the wrong sorts of details because I don't see a lot of value in wallowing in bad decision-making. Cooper Cup had a 40% dominator rating and a 1083 88th percentile agility score. He looked the part of an elite slot receiver at the NFL level. Those were his comps. Players like Julian Edelman and Doug Baldwin. And I blew it. I allowed anecdotal analysis and an irrational disdain for his personality to influence my evaluation of his ability. And that was a mistake. And now I'm being repetitive because I laid this all out on the last show. Those who say I never talk about my wrong opinions are simply uninformed dolts who aren't trying to listen, who are consumed with self-loathing and an unhealthy desire to see others humbled. And that is the last time I will address that cadre of assholes on this show. Cheer up, swagger police. Accountability buzzards. It gets better. In fact, why don't you come dance with me? Today's Tuesday. Today's waiver wire day, and you need to know who to pick up. What about Adrian Peterson? Do not have high expectations for Adrian Peterson. There's no reason to think that he'll be any more productive than Chris Johnson was. The Arizona Cardinals want to be a running team. They skew pass heavy. That's not going to change with Adrian Peterson. Why? Because the team can't run block, and Bruce Arians knows this, so he calls pass plays instead of run plays. And then when they call run plays, they're token run plays to keep the defense honest to allow Carson Palmer to run play action passes. That's it. That's the reason to set up play action. That's the reason you run Adrian Peterson. He'll run for 30 yards a game and he might get an occasional touchdown. And that's about it. And that's not exciting. The more exciting player on the Cardinals by far and away is Andre Ellington because Andre Ellington will out snap Adrian Peterson because the team is so pass oriented and Andre Ellington is incredibly active in the passing game. Eight targets, 14 targets, 10 targets the last three weeks. He's averaging 11 targets the last three weeks. He's been the Cardinals leading receiver. He's posted 13, 19, and 15 fantasy points respectively. The issue is he's also a satellite back. And satellite backs are wildly volatile. Look at Tariq Cohen. Look at Chris Thompson. Now look at Duke Johnson. Meanwhile, Theo Riddick, who averaged 14 fantasy points a game last season, has only crested 10 points in one game in PPR leagues. That's not what you thought you would get from Theo Riddick, is it? Sad, really. So I like Andre Ellington. He'll be a priority ad for me this week. And certainly I'll have him slotted in ahead of Adrian Peterson. But the number one running back to add this week is absolutely Elijah McGuire because Elijah McGuire looks to be the starter with Bilal Powell trending out in week six. And if Bilal Powell is out and Matt Forte is out, that means you're looking at an 80% opportunity share for Elijah McGuire. And that's what matters. Even though the Jets can't run block, if you're getting 50 yards on the ground and 50 yards in the passing game, that's 100 yards. That's a 10-point floor. 
with the ceiling over 20. That's why you must get Elijah McGuire. If he's on your waiver wire this week, push some chips into the middle and get Elijah McGuire. Don't go all in on Elijah McGuire. After all, he's a Jets running back. No reason to go all in, but be aggressive. I'd rather have Elijah McGuire than Marlon Mack. I'd rather have Andre Ellington than Marlon Mack as well, but I would rather have Marlon Mack than Adrian Peterson. Why? Because Marlon Mack is active in the passing game, and that's what we like. Frank Gore is not indestructible either. Frank Gore, like every running back, can suffer a serious injury on any given carry. And if that happens, then Marlon Mack immediately becomes a potential top 10 running back. So he's already splitting carries and hogging the running back receptions. That gives Marlon Mack his floor, but he also has that high ceiling that we desire. Now, again, like Elijah McGuire, he would be a starting running back on the Colts, just like Elijah McGuire is a starting running back on the Jets. So the ceiling isn't as high as we would like. So no reason to push all your chips into the middle on Marlon Mack either. Last week was the week. Jarek McKinnon and Aaron Jones had much higher ceilings last week than Elijah McGuire, Andre Ellington, and Marlon Mack do this week. But Elijah McGuire, Andre Ellington, and Marlon Mack are still attractive options and more attractive than Adrian Peterson. And at wide receiver, you have to like Ricardo Lewis. Or as Colm Kelly refers to him, Ricardo Lewis. Because even though Ricardo Lewis's comps include Cody Latimer, because he underperformed his athleticism at the college level, when given an opportunity at the professional level, Ricardo Lewis has been a playmaker. Five catches on nine targets for 64 yards, then another five catches on eight targets for 71 yards. He's been the number one receiver, the primary option in the passing game for the Cleveland Browns for back-to-back weeks. It's not common that a wide receiver rises up the depth chart mid-season and establishes himself as the new number one. It just very rarely happens at the wide receiver position. That's why we more often talk about mining the waiver wire for running backs than we do wide receivers because most of the wide receivers you harvest off the waiver wire do not provide consistent production, but it looks like that's what Ricardo Lewis is going to deliver in Cleveland. He has a 113.2 height adjusted speed score. That's 94th percentile and a 130.6 89th percentile burst score. So he's an exceptional athlete. As it turns out at Auburn, he just didn't get the same opportunities that a lot of other receivers do, and I'm not sure why. I don't know how the Auburn coaches didn't look at a guy with a 118.3, 85th percentile Spark X score and say, oh, we need to get this guy more opportunities. He needs to be a featured weapon. They didn't do that. The Cleveland Browns are doing that. So Ricardo Lewis has already broken free of the Cody Latimer comps. Now, a less athletic wide receiver with better comps is Roger Lewis. And Roger Lewis did not rise up the depth chart as much as the players on the depth chart fell down around him. Roger Lewis is a must-add because, like the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Giants are a pass-oriented offense, and Roger Lewis is the number one option. Sterling Shepard will miss one to two weeks, and when he comes back, I'm not sure if Roger Lewis can be supplanted because he posted a 33.8% 62nd percentile dominator rating at Bowling Green, but he did it on a prolific Bowling Green offense. So in an air raid offense, he still posted a huge dominator rating. Why? Over 1,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, more than 18 yards per reception. Roger Lewis was recruited to go to Ohio State. 
He was then dismissed and enrolled at Bowling Green. So he has the pedigree of an elite Division I recruit and the dominator rating of a hyper-productive small school player. Reminds you of Willie Sneed, reminds you of Robert Woods. Even though he's a fifth percentile spark athlete, he has a knack for making plays on the football field. It's just fascinating that a player like Roger Lewis can have more productive NFL comps than a player like Ricardo Lewis. It's the Lewises. It's the Lewises. The Lewis brothers are who you need to target on the waiver wire this week. And at the tight end position, it's Austin Hooper. Get Austin Hooper. Because tight end production is so fleeting, difficult to pinpoint week to week, we're often chasing last week's fantasy points with tight ends. So while many of us are excited to roster George Kittle, I certainly am, we should be more excited to roster Austin Hooper. Just like on the Giants, the Falcons are experiencing a litany of injuries at the wide receiver position. Julio Jones, hip injury, Mohamed Sanu, hamstring injury, not practicing this week. So Mohamed Sanu is trending out, and that means more targets for Austin Hooper and Taylor Gabriel. But no one's going to be playing Taylor Gabriel. Unless you're playing Taylor Gabriel on no halftime, the wide receivers that are thrust into starting roles for the first time are the perfect plays on no halftime. Taylor Gabriel should receive an 80% snap share, a 20% target share on a high efficiency Atlanta Falcons offense. And he himself is one of the most explosive wide receivers in the league. Last year, according to player profilers, production premium, target premium, yards per target, look across the board, the rate stats for wide receivers, Taylor Gabriel was right there at the top because he's a playmaker. He specializes in splash plays. And if he's going to be getting starter snaps in that offense, he's a guy you can flex in deep leagues but you can go to nohalftime.com, download the app, and when you sign up, use the promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 50% deposit bonus up to $50 and set up challenges involving Taylor Gabriel, where you can challenge others to head-to-head props involving Taylor Gabriel and some other wide receiver with more brand equity, but a lower projection on the playerprofiler.com weekly rankings. That's the way to play it on no halftime. We have plenty of wide receiver options available. We do not have plenty of tight end options. There are very few and far between. And Austin Hooper commanded seven targets. By far and away, the most targets he's commanded all season against Buffalo in week four. And he may eclipse that in week six against the Dolphins. Because we know when Austin Hooper is targeted, he puts up fantasy points. On only two targets in week one, turned it into he turned that into a 128 receiving yards and a touchdown. He has big playability. 101.8 speed score, 66th percentile, and 1132 agility score, 80th percentile. We love the big tight ends with lateral quickness. And that's one of Austin Hooper's signature traits. So he's my priority add on the waiver wire if you don't already have Austin Safarian Jenkins. Austin Safarian Jenkins should not be available on waiver wires because he already broke out! Woo! Shut up and dance, don't you So if you missed Austin Safarian Jenkins, that's okay. Go pick up Austin Hooper, and if you can't get Austin Hooper, get George Kittle. 
because George Kittle is commanding one of the highest snap shares among NFL tight ends. He's top 10 in snaps and he's top 10 in routes. That's the makings of a top 10 tight end, is it not? Especially when George Kittle was one of the best athletes in the 2017 tight end class. You could argue that after David Njoku, the second most athletic tight end in the 2017 class was George Kittle. And where am I getting the snap data? Where am I getting this target data? Playerprofiler.com forward slash data dash analysis. This is where you can get snap data, target data, route data, and we release it the next day. Go ahead and name all the sports media resources that are providing snaps and routes on Monday. And we just lowered the price. So you can test drive data analysis for the remainder of the season at a reduced cost. And if you already have the rankings, going up to the all-in package now costs only $35. And if you don't have the rankings, I would say, how the hell do you not have the rankings yet? Playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings. You don't need to ask me for waiver wire advice because we update our seasonal rankings every week. Go there now and you can see which players I prefer over others heading into the Tuesday night waiver wire run. Again, playerprofiler.com forward slash player dash rankings. And if you're still not sure what to do after looking up all the data on data analysis and checking out the player rankings, of course, you can always visit Patreon, search Podfather, and post a question to the Underworld community and see what like-minded fantasy gamers think. So now go out there and pick up some exceptional athletes who are translating their athleticism into on-field production and efficiency, and that means staying away from Adrian Peterson.